Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet before we knew. Oh, listen, Liberty, it's a shit face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach to <laughs> We have top men working on it right now. Top men. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Yeah, here we go. You missed the first hour. You missed a lot of technical difficulties, and I'm still not sure what the hell happened with that. Matter of fact, I'm going to shut down Skype and restart it. We did have a little hang-up there while Robin was on. Nothing on her side. I'm sure it was my side. Weird. You spend all this time prior to hitting air, testing and rebooting and refreshing and retesting provide a flawless project right and then it blows up in your face i hate it maybe i am gonna push the show just podcast so then i could edit no way you know besides my undying love for doing the show live it is a pressure point for me where i have to produce if i didn't have a fist on my head to do this show, I'm sure I would talk myself out of doing it. I, I guarantee it. So I like doing it live anyway. Whatever. I do. I like to do it live. We'll do it live. That's right. We do it live because we do it live. Uh, still to come on this show, Fred Robles of Rio Valley Meats will be joining us. We'll be talking to him about the latest win this past weekend at the American Royal Open. We'll also talk to him about uh, the invitational side of things and how that went. And I'm always fascinated. For, I mean, the, the majority, well, I mean, it's not the majority, but there's a lot of teams that will show up to do the invitational on Saturday. And then, of course, they're turning around and doing the Open on Sunday and where you might have 180 teams on an invitational side. On a Saturday, you turn around and it'll roughly triple that in the amount of teams. Because in the Open, you don't need to win a grand championship like you have to in order to get the invite for the invitation. All you have to do is pay the entry fee and cart your sweet ass out to the Kansas City Motor Speedway. And away you go. You can go up against the top teams in the industry. And it doesn't matter where your traditional sanctioning bodies are. You just roll right out there. It is a KCBS judged event. And you can have at it with the best of the best. There, there are still very few places where anybody can go up against the best. You can't just walk out onto the baseball diamond and go up against Major League Baseball talent because you're not that talented. But in this instance... In this competition, you can go up against the best. They're, and They might be standing right next to you in their spot. So we'll talk to Fred about the big win this past weekend and a bunch of other stuff as well. We'll talk to him about uh, inside and outside skirt steak. I'm right on that, I believe. And then I ask 
Doug Hassel that last weekend about inside or outside skirt steak or something like that? I believe I did. Coming, oh, don't forget you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Coming up this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, we have episode 90. We are 10 away from 100 episodes. Expertly produced by John Solberg, who is also the Michigan Embedded Correspondent of the show, who you will hear next week evaluating the Subway Brisket Sandwich and the Arby's Brisket Sandwich, and then we will start discussing between all of us which one is better and why, and then we will nominate and unveil a winner of Fast Food Brisket Sandwiches. However, in episode 90, John will take us back to September of 2011, so eight years ago, almost to the day. The first portion of the show brings me back to a dark time. It's a time where I had to do a little truth-telling, as it were. A time when nefarious activities were going on at my place of work. At that point, a time when I had to call out a coworker on this very global broadcast and introduce you to someone called the lunch thief. You know, the lunch thief, that piece of crap that goes around into the community fridge at work, looks it over like it's his own personal grocery store, and then just takes whatever the hell he wants and eats it. Doesn't matter if your name's on it. Doesn't matter if your name isn't in it or on it. Doesn't matter that he didn't bring it because the lunch thief never brings anything. So when he opens the refrigerator, he knows there's nothing in there for him except the lunch thief's mindset is everything in there is for me. That piece of crap in Cleveland. He went by the name of Ray Harris. That's right, Ray. I still remember your name. Clear as a bell. Now, you might have a different name for this tool, but no matter what the name, we can all agree that these people are the worst that humankind has to offer. The worst. Ray Harris, lunch thief here in Cleveland, Ohio. Who knows what he's doing now? He's probably in jail serving life sentences for multiple lunch thefts. And he finally thieved the wrong person. And I go into painstaking detail about how he thieved my lunch. In the second portion of the show, I chat with Meathead. And we go in depth about temperatures. Very important. Safety, of course. Proper cooking temperatures to get you your supreme end results. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast in order to get the best of show. If you don't want to subscribe to any podcast, then you have to visit the website on Friday in order to listen to The Lunch Thief and Meathead and I talk about temperatures. And we thank John Solberg for continuing to produce the show. Now, this was sent to me by official... Uh, uh, Colorado barbecue embedded correspondent Dennis Busso as we continue the plant-based meat talk on this show you know it was only a matter of time 
before we saw it. Uh, let me make sure that I'm pulling up the right web page here so you can see it as well. But it was only a matter of time before we saw the plant-based or non-meat bleed over into the barbecue world. And folks, it's happening. I'm going to unveil to you here right now, I think. Am I going to unveil that? Where the hell is it? Yes. Famous Dave's. See it right there. Famous Dave's Beyond Meat is here. We've partnered up with Beyond Meat to bring you brand new, delicious, plant-based meal options. Try these new menu items for a limited time. Barbecue street tacos. Beyond Meat. Stuffed into three warm corn tortillas. Topped with lettuce, tomato, red onion, and fritos. Uh... Let's see what else they got. Anything beyond? Yeah. Fritos, barbecue nachos topped with seasoned beyond meat. Barbecue bowl with barbecue seasoned beyond meat. Tropical burger, which is a beyond burger. And the list goes on. Famous Dave's is now part of the growing community of beyond meat, impossible burger, all that stuff. So don't think for one sec. That we talk about it here on the show and we may or may not poo-poo it. I don't want to poo-poo it, but again, my main thing here, right, is to make sure that we all understand that these plant-based burgers are not a healthy alternative. All they are is a beef alternative, not healthier. They're highly processed. I mean, technically, meat is processed too, right? I mean, we're not just field dressing the cow and eating it like uh, hyenas or anything like that, going into the soft underbelly. Highly processed. Calorie rich. Not really healthy for you. So never think for one second that these plant-based meal or meat options are a healthy alternative to beef. Uh, are they better for the environment? That's up for debate. I saw on a show the other day on the Food Network saying that uh, the raising of livestock and uh, beef and all this stuff is incredibly bad for the ozone layer and the community in general. Bad, bad, bad. So if you are a fan of Famous Dave's and you want to try the Beyond Meat option, the first barbecue joint that I know of and that is putting it out there is Famous Dave's. How about that? Try the Beyond Meat barbecue bowl at the barbecue restaurant and let me know what you think. Thanks to Dennis for helping me out with that tidbit. Hey, fans of barbecue, are you in the business? You have a food truck, a restaurant, a catering business, all that stuff? Then you might want to listen up here. I want to talk to you about Southside Market and Barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside Market and Barbecue, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. They offer premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow smoked over real wood. 
shipping, distributing, and manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants, Southside Sausage can be on your menu as well. All meats are processed on the on-site USDA-inspected facility. A trusted partner with a focus on quality and authenticity. Wholesale options are available. Shipping nationwide via the FedEx. Food service distribution options available as well, like Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable for research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipe or help you develop something brand spanking new. They also have private label opportunities. Visit SouthsideMarket.com for more information. And while you're visiting SouthsideMarket.com and buying all of their great stuff, 10% off coupon code for online orders. That's right. Use code BBQ Central. Lowercase, one word, all together, BBQ Central, and get 10% off your order. That's good for the first time and the 10th time and the 7,000th, 7,000th time or 700th time. First time, 10th time, all the times. 10% off Barbecue Central. BBQ Central, one word. Come on, let's do it. Get some of those sausage slammers and jalapeno cheddar and the beef sausage. Oh, you ever had beef sausage before? Try it. The King, when we come back, stick around. We'll be right back. giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue a man actually named meathead the author of a barbecue bible bloggers reviewers competitors and manufacturers by the dozens it's the barbecue central show once again here's your host greg rempe all right welcome back this portion of the show being brought to you by smithfield are you ready to find out where you rank against all competitive barbecue teams across the country? Visit SmokinWithSmithfield.com, S-M-O-K-I-N, SmokinWithSmithfield.com to check your rank on the Smokin' with Smithfield National Barbecue Championship. And that is getting ready in uh, November, beginning of November, I think, to come off the national championship, the first ever Smithfield National Barbecue Championship, by the way, so... Uh, make sure you're signed up and ready to go for that. My guest in the second hour can now be referred to as King Fred of Texas and the world, for that matter. One of the most formidable competition cooks on the circuit today. This past weekend, he took down the crown at the American Royal Open Barbecue Contest. So we uh, go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome back the pitmaster of Rio Valley Meats Barbecue Team, Fred Robles, joining me here on the show. Hey, Fred. How you doing, bud? I am doing absolutely fabulous. Probably not as good as you. Uh, you are the current keeper of the crown. So, you know, last time you were on, we were talking about plans of heading down to the final table at 2018 World Food Championships. Obviously, uh, that didn't go as planned. And actually, I wanted to talk a little bit about World Food Championships a little bit later. But 
Uh, this past weekend, you make the run up to Kansas City for the American Royal for that weekend, and when it's all said and done, you walk away with the open title over 467 other teams. So let's go ahead and start there. From a 30,000-foot view of the weekend, Fred, uh, when do you load in? Uh, what's the prep like for you guys? And uh, what was your overall thoughts of the 2019 version of the American Royal? Well, this event, uh, to begin with, is like no other. I mean, this is a... This is a big old barbecue family gathering, man. You got you got everybody from every corner of the of the nation and for of the world, for that matter, coming into to Kansas uh, Speedway that weekend. And uh, I left home Tuesday morning um, of last week. Uh, made the made the trip in two days. Uh, it's about a twenty hour drive for me from where I'm at. Wow. Uh, but we split it up in two days. I got there Wednesday, loaded in, and got set up. And uh, you know, I'm just uh, the, the the festivities started and it's, it's it's fun and games for a couple of days and then it's all it's all business come Saturday and Sunday, man. Yeah, so you do uh, both the invitational and the open, correct? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, um, we were fortunate to to have won a couple of GCs throughout the year and uh, we got into the invitational, so we were able to do that and uh, and do the open as well. For the folks that have never been, I mean, I've never personally been, but I've lived vicariously through a bunch of the pitmasters that uh, go there for that weekend and then come on the show to talk about the experience. But for somebody that's never been, I mean, can you put into perspective how big the event is? And perhaps more importantly, from a competitor's perspective, how on point you need to be to say, okay, well, here are some time frames where I'm going to enjoy the camaraderie, maybe partake in a couple beverages, this and that. But when it hits X time, then we're going to focus and it's task at hand on Friday, task at, or uh, on Saturday, task at hand on Sunday. How do you work that schedule so you don't get caught up and all of a sudden you're out you know, late on a Friday and it, you're going to start to see the negative results of partying a little too hard when it comes time to actually cook? Yeah, well, from the, from a spectator's point of view, I mean, it's I mean, if if you've ever been to a race or a NASCAR fan or, or anything like that, we're we're I mean, you got to realize this: we're at Kansas Speedway, and and it's it's the inside the oval, inside of where the the cars are running, um, and it's a huge space. And for as far as your eyes can see, you've got you've got barbecue tents and trailers and pits, and just it's all barbecue that weekend. Uh, so it's really cool just seeing all these uh, different rigs and. Uh, from a spectator point of view, uh, you know, you see all these nice fancy trailers. You see all kinds of stuff, man. I saw, I saw open fire rotisserie pits at some of the corporate parties there. I mean, you see, you see stuff that, that uh, it's not just it's not just a smoker. I mean, it's it's all kinds of stuff going on. Um, from a from a competitor's point of view, yeah, we get, we try to get there early. To, you know, just say hi to everybody and and hang out with buddies we don't see all the time. And and that that goes on Wednesday and Thursday. Friday comes around and. And usually uh, Darren has his uh, pork tenderloin luncheon on Friday. Fat Boys Barbecue has their breakfast. So we do the breakfast, we do the lunch thing. And after that, we're, we're getting after it, man. We're, we're, we're starting to uh, do our injections and, and prep all our meats and, and get ready for Saturday morning. Uh, to me, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm there to win a contest. I'm not, yeah, all the saying hi and partying and all that stuff is just fine and dandy, but uh, we're there for one reason and one reason only, and that's to, to, to go and try to win that thing. Uh, you're a Texas-based guy, so let's talk uh, how, let's say, a Houston livestock and rodeo barbecue contest and all of the parties and entertaining that that's known for compares to the American Royal. Are they on the same level, or is one above the other? Oh, man, I, I 
honestly, I am from Texas. Uh, Houston is about a four and a half hour drive for me. And uh, that's better right off the bat, right? (laughs) Might might come as a shock to to the whole world, but I have never been to Houston Rodeo. Um, I have been invited to cook, but I always told myself that I would never go until I actually qualified to be there uh, and cook under my own team name. So uh, luckily this weekend, we punched our ticket into Houston Rodeo. So uh, we'll be cooking there in, in, in February. Uh, put me on after February, and I'll tell you what the difference is, man. Right now, I have no idea. I've heard probably what you've heard, the big parties, big uh, corporate event uh, in Houston. I've heard it's a lot of fun, but uh, I have never actually been. Fred Robles joining me here on the show, pitmaster of Rio Valley Meat, and we're recapping the American Royal this past weekend. So let's talk about the Invitational. Uh, you get ready to cook that. Um, you're a pretty well-versed uh, KCBS cook. I mean, certainly you do your share of Texas as well, but uh, how are you gearing up for the Invitational? Because, you know, it's always the ongoing conversation or uh, argument, right? Is is the American Royal the most prestigious? Is the Jack the most prestigious? Uh, everybody that wins is invited to show up at the Texas Motor Speedway and go head-to-head-to-head to head to head 180 plus times. So uh, how do you view that particular portion of the contest and how are you ramped up to handle it? Well, Invitational, you got to realize that to get into the Invitational, um, everybody has to have qualified to get into the Invitational by winning a, a grand a, a grand at a, a contest uh, somewhere throughout the year. Um, so you're, you're thinking about that going in and saying, hey, I'm going up against, I don't know how many teams, there were 160, 180 teams this year in the Invitational, and they're all champions. They're all winners. So you know you need to be in, on your A game. You need to be you need to be prepared. You know, at the end of the day, man, everybody there is a good cook. I think uh, it always comes down to who makes the least mistakes and who gets on the right tables. Um, it's uh, it, like I've always said about competition barbecue: uh, the best barbecue doesn't always win. Um, but uh, that's just the that's just the name of the game. That's the game we play every weekend, and uh, and that's just the way it is. How did you feel your invitational cook went? I thought I had a really, really, really good cook. Um, I was telling uh, some of the guys um, after that Saturday evening, uh, probably the brisket I cooked that day was probably one of the top three briskets I've ever cooked in my life. Wow. Um, if you look at the results, the results won't say that. But uh, uh, <laughs> I felt it was that way, at least. I had a I had a chicken. Uh, I walked in chicken. Twelfth place chicken was my best showing uh, Saturday in the Invitational. But I'm uh, I'm happy to have uh, seen a bunch of my friends uh, walk the stage that day, and and uh, that's all we can do. At uh, at the end of the day, we're all we're all friends, and uh, you want to see your friends uh, be successful at what they do. Is it frustrating where you cook a top three, at least in your estimation, a top three brisket of all time that you've ever cooked? And the judges don't see it that way, or is it is that the fickle bitch known as competition barbecue? You've seen it happen a number of times to you, and it's just you know something that happens, and you move on. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean it happens. I've 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 been to contests, and I I still recall this one contest I did in Texas that uh, to this day it's probably the best brisket I've ever cooked, and I sat on my hands the whole time at awards. I never did get a walk. Um, <laughs> But that's just the nature of the beast to me. Uh, and 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 again, I always preach. And in some of the classes that I do, I always tell, I always tell everybody there, uh, middle of the road barbecue wins. I guess I guess to me that was a wow brisket. That was like wow to me. But to somebody else, it might have been like, wow, that's not good at all. You know. Um, so 
sometimes sometimes just having a good just you know just good tasting barbecue will get you much further than a man this is the best i've ever done barbecue so i i can see it both ways man um it's just it's just the game we play like i said a little while ago it's it, it's the way it is and uh at the end of the at the end of the at the end of the day you you do enough of these competitions and you realize that uh, uh the cream usually rises to the top and at the end of the day you uh, the law of averages kicks in, and if you're a good cook, you're gonna you're gonna get your walks. Fred Robles joining me here on the show, breaking down this past weekend's American Royal. Uh, Fred, when you are done with the invitational side, as you said, you get the 12th place call in chicken. Do you and you're getting ready to now make the turn back to the open side? Obviously, it's a whole different deal, right? You go from 180 teams to just shy of 500 teams. Anybody can get in here. So, um, a lot of pitmasters tell me you go from you know, all winners to what is more or less a, a fairly large majority percentage of a crapshoot as far as the, the barbecue is concerned. Now, as you had said a couple minutes ago, I mean, cream typically rises to the top in these events. I mean, you don't typically see uh, some no-name barbecue uh, team come out of the blue and win the Open, not saying that it hasn't happened, but traditionally it doesn't because the better teams seem to always finish towards the top. But do you make any uh, sizable adjustments from what you did in the Invitational to the Open because there's going to be a lot more judges or maybe there's not going to be as experienced judges as there were for the Invitational side or is it the same program Saturday into Sunday and just hope for better results? <laughs> it's funny you asked that. I was uh, talking to my neighbors, which I actually met this weekend. Uh, my neighbors there on, on the campsite next to me and uh, uh, we, we were talking about our results Saturday night and it's like... Uh, um, they asked me, are you going to change anything? I said, nope, I'm going to force feed them the same thing I gave them today. I'm going <laughs> to give them tomorrow. <laughs> so to me, it's, I, I stick to what I know. Um, it's the same thing I've run, uh, in the KCBS circuit all year long. Um, I did the exact same thing. I've had results with it. Uh, don't change it if it ain't broken, you know? Um, so it, you, it, it's like when I went to my very first Jack, I talked to a couple guys who had, you know, multi-time, uh, been been to the jack several times and they told me um go, go dance with the one who brung you there you know mm-hmm. just just do what you do and 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 hope for the best man that's all we can do is hope to win your table and and hopefully you end up somewhere on top so some people would sit there and also tell you that that is the exact definition of insanity doing the same thing over and yeah. over again and expecting <clears throat> a different result but obviously competition barbecue is a little different uh, I think we're all insane, man. We really are. Uh, we, we do the same thing every weekend and hope for different results. And and we usually do. We usually get different results. Sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. I always tell people we can go from zero to hero and from hero to zero from one weekend to the next. So let's talk. Uh, let's talk about. Go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say I can go and cook an event this weekend and probably end up dead last, but that's just the way. That's just the way it is. Uh, let's talk about that flavor profile for a minute. Uh, you know, over the course of the last couple of years, have you made any real big distinct changes off of one meat program to the next, or have you been fairly consistent right along the line? Um, I think I think my stuff is pretty um, is pretty middle of the road. It's um, uh, I haven't changed my brisket recipe since day one that I started in, in, in competition barbecue. Um, it's just been producing for me. It's been a solid brisket, um, and it's probably one of the meats that I'm best known for is brisket. Um, but uh, I mean, you do tweaks and changes and try here and try there, and and hopefully it makes it better or not. But at the end of the day, um, it's just barbecue, man. I mean. 
you can mask it with all kinds of stuff, but at the end of the day, judges want to taste chicken. They want to taste the, the pork. They want to taste the beef. Um, everything else is just meant to come to the compliment and to 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 make that a, a full overall depth and flavor um, but you don't want to mask anything with sauce or with rub or anything you just you just want to accent the flavors of the meats themselves but um, yeah I've changed here and there but it's 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 I stay I always come back to I always come back to my ground you know to the ground is what I started with and it, it usually always does pretty well you know, 10 or 15 years ago, uh, there were fewer cooks that were using a commercially available rub or sauce. There was a lot of people doing their own. Uh, fast forward to 2019, even over the last couple of years, uh, that has kind of turned on its head where a lot of people are using something that's already commercially made and uh, tweaking from there. Are you a guy that uses your own stuff or do you use something that's commercially available? Well, it, it depends how you define your own stuff. <laughs> um, it, it's I use commercially available stuff, man, and I might mix two or three different sauces together, add a little bit of rub here and there, and and it's it's I, to me, it's there's so many, so so many good products out there that it it doesn't make sense for me to go and mix my own stuff and buy paprika from here and pepper from there and salt from over here and sugar from over here and mix my own when I can just go. Man, I can grow to my grocery store right now and probably go win a contest with whatever's there. Um, uh, rubs and sauces and all that, I can I can change on any weekend. You still got to cook the stuff right, man. Um, and that's the biggest thing. I think it's a texture game more than anything, and flavors are just uh, flavors are relative to the judge. So as long as you're in the middle of the road, not not too much of anything, I think you'll be okay. Let's talk about those turn-ins for a second. Did you think that they were grand champion quality? I, I um, both days I felt that I probably with the exception of my ribs on the first day I thought my ribs were probably a little over uh, for KCBS and IBCA they probably would have been a first place rib uh, just because we cook a lot more tender in IBCA uh, so I overshot them a little bit but uh, I thought I gave myself a chance on everything on Sunday um, and that's all I can do I mean I thought everything was solid everything was uh, presentable in the box everything looked pretty um, you know everything had the right texture um, so, I mean, could I have done much better? Probably not. Um, and at, at that point, you just turn it in and hope for the best, man. Fred, are you a taster of meats before you put them in the box and run? Um, I taste more than anything just to get a gauge on the saltiness of the meat or a lack of salt. Um, that's really the only reason I taste uh, tenderness and, the, and what have you. I can feel tenderness while I'm slicing brisket or I'm slicing ribs. Um, I can gauge that by 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 just in the way the knife feels through the meat. Um, but more than anything, it's just to to gauge saltiness or if I think it needs to maybe a little finishing dust on the outside or something. That's really the only reason I taste, and it's just one bite, man. Uh, to me, I, I really don't need anything during comp day, not unless it's a something for breakfast or a pizza in the after after awards or something with. Uh, I, I, or I'm tired of barbecue, to be honest with you. I was listening to Malcolm Reed's uh, most recent podcast, and he had uh, Fire Dancer Barbecue on, and they were specifically talking about his competition chicken. And he said that he, you know, it's, there's just so much experience with doing the program. He doesn't temp anything. I think a lot of teams probably aren't temping their chicken uh, traditionally anymore. But he said, if I were to stick a thermometer in it by the way he's cooking, I mean, he's doing, I think he said it was 275 for, you know, an hour and a half at one point. Then he said, if you if you stuck one of those thighs, it'd probably be, you know, 206, 208, maybe 210. Uh, do you think your chicken's in the same neighborhood or no way? 
Um, I'm close to there. I'm not quite there, but I'm I'm pretty close to there. And I do temp chicken. I mean, to me, uh, and it's not so much for for a number. It's just so much uh, temperature gives me a gauge of when I need to start checking my stuff and and gauge for tenderness. That's that's really my gauge for for temperature is tenderness. Um, other than that, I could care less what the number is as long as it feels tender. You know, I've had uh, like in brisket. I've had I've pulled briskets in one ninety five that I've that I've walked away with the first place, uh, and I've pulled briskets at two thirteen, two fourteen that I've hit. I mean, so it's it depends on the piece of meat, how well marbled it is, how and, and like I said, those numbers to me are just a gauge of okay, I need to start checking this thing for tenderness now. Uh, so that's why I'll probe stuff and I'll, I'll temp it. And, and do all that kind of good stuff. Fred Robles joining me here on the show from Rio Valley Meat, and we're talking about the big win this past weekend at the American Royal Open. So there's an incredible amount of teams, as I said, you know, we're kind of just shy of 500. As the call-outs are going through, as you're working through meat categories, and uh, ultimately you start getting to those overall call-outs, do you have any idea where you are in the mix before you're uh, ultimately called out as grand champion? I mean, not at the Royal, man. You you can never you can never go in there and say, oh, I've got two calls or I've got three calls. I'm going to win this thing because the Royal. I mean, you can easily, I mean, bomb in a category and you're out. I mean, it's uh, you just kind of got to wait and see what happens. You know, uh, you kind of hope. Uh, I saw a couple guys that I thought were gonna, you know, be pretty close up there to the top get called and 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 I was like, wow, okay. Um, but when it started getting to like fifth and fourth, I was like, okay, I, I got a chance. <clears throat> I don't want to get my hopes up, but I said, okay, I, I've got a chance. And uh, long and behold, man, they call that, that grand chat. I was, man, I was so nervous. It's not even funny. So, I mean, when you hear uh, the name get called and now you are, you know, at the, at the pinnacle there, you win the Open and you are in front of, you know, thousands of people, hundreds of teams, and you're able to walk through that crowd to get on that stage and you get the cape and you get the crown. I mean, it's, it's like different level of elation type shit, right? Oh man. It's, 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 it's unreal, man. I, just to hear, just to hear your team name called. And it's like, did I hear that right? You're sitting in your chair and it's like, did you hear that right? And then you, you got teams coming up to you. I mean, and just the, the caliber of teams that are there. I mean, you had, I had Travis Clark come up to me and Darren give me a big old hug. And, and, you know, these guys that I've looked up to forever and, and, and that are, you know, Darren's the goat to me, man. He's yep. the greatest of all time. And, yep. and to have a guy like that come up to me and congratulate me with a big old hug, I mean, it meant the world to me. Um, and you, you, got, you got guys like Tim Shear and Luke Darnell and, and, and Brad from Getting Based. They're all there. And, you know, it's just guys that, that rock it, man. They're, they're barbecue rock stars, you know, and just to, to be in that crowd and, and like earlier today, I got a message from from Mike Davis. I mean, how many Royals does that that guy want? Plenty. Uh, to congrats to congratulate me personally, you know, it's like wow. Uh, it, it's it it just puts it all into perspective, and and it kind of I I watched the video. Of, uh, Brian, uh, he was taking a video, and he sent me a video of the of the awards, and I kind of forwarded to the end to where they called uh, the reserve and grand. And man, I, I was sitting in my room earlier today and watching the video and sitting on my recliner and I, oh man, I started tearing up when they called Rio Valley Meadows. I go, wow, it, it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, I had already experienced it, but just to hear it again and, and see everybody going up to me and hugging me and, you know, congratulating me, it was, it's surreal, man, to this, to this, I mean, to right now, it's, 
it's it's an awesome feeling, man. It's it's, it's hard to explain. I guess you got to experience it. Uh, we don't want to immediately start categorizing wins, but uh, through all of the wins and successes and accomplishments that you've had in the competition cooking career to date, is this the biggest one by a long shot? Oh, uh, it is. It is. Um, uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I, uh, I, there's a contest here close to, to close to home called smoking on the Rio. And it's one of the biggest contests and second biggest contest in Texas. And, and, uh, my son took that contest as a, a kid's cue cook. And, uh, I, I, it wasn't me personally, but he ended up winning grand champion that day. And to me, that's still, that's still up there with one of the best, uh, I was, one of my proudest moments in barbecue, I guess you could say, uh, was watching him win that thing. Uh, but me personally, uh, yeah, the Royals, I mean, it, it's the Royal, man. It's the biggest contest in the world uh, with all the all the big boys are there, you know? Uh, so, yeah, it, 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 it's, 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 it's by far, yeah. Fred, can I hold you over through the break here and we can uh, finish up here? You got a, got a little couple minutes extra? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Alright, uh, we're talking with Fred Robles from Rio Valley Meat, and he's going to hold over here, and we'll uh, finish up with the American Royal Talk, and then we'll get into some other items as well. I'll quickly talk to you about the Barbecue Guru. They've always believed that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun. Why? Because it can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. It's the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. That's right. This means smarter control, greater freedom with automatic temperature control, ceramic cookers. So if you love ceramic cookers like Big Green Egg and Kamado Joe and Primo and all the other ones, a monolith is one that you're going to want to give special consideration to, especially if you already own a barbecue guru pit temperature controller. The fan is built in. You can hook the controller that you have to this grill, and away you go. Really great. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature. Let the model do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. And with minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill. And you can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. If you have any questions about products to order or if you have a specific cooker and you want to make sure that a Guru controller will fit and work well for you, call them 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. Or, of course, you can visit the website bbqguru.com. And they'll make sure that they answer all your questions and make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Longest running sponsor of the show, and we appreciate that. Bob Trudnack and all the gang over there in Warminster, Pennsylvania. We are back with more Fred Robles right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. We are chatting it up with the current champ of the American Royal Open, Fred Robles from Rio Valley Meat. Fred, appreciate you hanging with me through the break there. And uh, so, you know, some of the great benefits, as you had mentioned a few minutes ago about winning the American Royal Open, is that I believe you get automatics to the Jack and, as you had mentioned, uh, the Houston Livestock and Rodeo. That's correct, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we're, we'll be back at the Jack uh, next year in the Rodeo, and uh, 
back in the Invitational for the for the uh, American Royal. Um, so, from a Jack standpoint, um, have you you've been down and, and cooked the Jack a couple times, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, we've been fortunate to auto uh, two years, two out of the last three years. Uh, last year we missed it by one, and this year we autoed again. So uh, we'll be there uh, next month, man. Uh, what are you most looking forward to as far as the Jack is concerned? And again, is that a, an instance where uh, what we saw this past weekend is going to be pretty similar to what you're going to run in Lynchburg? Yeah, I mean, we're going to run with what we know. I mean, uh, the Jack is, is quite quite different than the Royal. The Jack, the Royal is uh, is huge. It's loud. It's party. It's you know, the Jack is it's uh, smaller. It's uh, uh, quieter. Nine ten o'clock comes around. It's you can hear crickets out there. Uh, it's very quaint. You know, it's small town, um, but it's still considered one of the most prestigious contests in the world. I mean, I, uh, that that'd be another dream come true to win that thing, man. It's uh, can't wait to go there. If if somehow I'm just talking hypothetically, of course, um, and uh, I never bring bad luck, so don't worry about. It. You win this past weekend, you win the Jack, and then somehow you're able to steamroll in the next year and win Houston Livestock and Rodeo all in a row. Do you retire at that point? I think you got to. I think you got to <laughs> drop the tongs or the, the kitchen utensils or whatever cooking utensils in, and and burn and, and and put out the fires and just just uh, go out on top like that, man. It's that'd be. I think that would be the greatest barbecue season anybody's ever had. I don't know if anybody's ever done that, but I I, I, I doubt it. Uh, where are you competing at next? Um, not sure. We might do one here in Texas. Uh, not this weekend. Maybe next weekend. Um, I know for sure I'll be at the uh, World Food um, the weekend before the Jack uh, in October there in Dallas. So we'll be there for sure. All right. So that's a good dovetail as we start to transition out of the American Royal, and I appreciate the look back there. Uh, 2018, uh, you know, we were talking, as I had mentioned in the open, about uh, World Food Championships and final tables and all that stuff. And you had mentioned that you're registered to go back World Food Championships here. So, like, what's your take on World Food Championships and, you know, how everything ended last year and uh, how that stretched over into, I, I guess, this year and, and now we're getting ready to kind of restart it again? Does it... Is it at all from a competitor's or even a spectator's perspective uh, convoluted in your opinion? Because there seems to be like so much stuff going on. And uh, even from my perspective, it's a little hard to track. And they seem to be pushing out content and a new sponsor here and uh, feature this person. I get the exposure and that's all great stuff. But, uh, I mean, is it hard to track even from your end or no? It, it really is. It, it, it's hard to keep up with everything that's going on, world food related. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I this past year, I really, I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't do the last one, um, and I. It was just hard to keep up with everything. Um, this year, I got a call from uh, National Barbecue League if I wanted to help them out with their bourbon queue there in uh, in Dallas this year, and, and that's that's why I'm going to World Food. Um, They've got that going on, and then we'll do the IBCA portion and the EAT portion and, and hopefully get uh, into the top 10 once again. Um, I, I did enjoy my time in Orange Beach when I was there in 2017. We were fortunate to win the barbecue section of it. Uh, and then we went to Bentonville, Arkansas in 2018 in April and uh, uh, ended up second there in the final table. And uh, So, I mean, it's, it's been a good experience for me. 
I think we I think we should have won in Arkansas, but that's just me. That's just me being biased, I guess. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so, but, uh, we all want to win. Uh, nothing nothing against Lisa Bonney. She's a great competitor. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we'll be back in Dallas this year. Is there any miss in not getting a? final victor during the traditional world food championships versus you know breaking out that final table and, and extending it out a couple months would you like to see it pulled back in so you have something from start to finish within that uh you know uh 10 day stretch or whatever it is or are you okay with uh having that separate breakout um i i, I see why they do it i mean it's uh it's or you know sponsorships and media and all that good stuff but um, I think as a competitor, um, it, it, it's kind of nerve-wracking to know that you got this big event for $100,000 coming up, and, you know, it just plays tricks on your mind. You tend to overthink things, and, and that's usually not good, especially in the barbecue world. You overthink things, and, and you're in trouble. Uh, again, like I said, barbecue is meant to be simple. It's a primitive way of cooking, and uh, uh, you overthink it, and you're probably not going to do well. I'd, I'd, I'd really like to see them bring it back to the way they used to have it, to where you cook... Uh, you qualify, you cook the finals, and you cook the final table that same week. Uh, that's a, It's a marathon, yes, but uh, you get in and out and you're done. Would you like to see it change to also to, you know, for instance, the, the barbecue side, just a straight eat judging instead of doing a, an IBCA version, and then ultimately you have to do an eat version as well. Would you just like to see that stripped out and just go eat from the jump? I like the IBCA portion. I, I'm biased to IBCA. I mean, that's what I cooked all the time. Right. Um, I really the the first time I I did uh I did the world food was because they the marketing was IBCA versus KCBS. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I remember that. Uh, so that I think that's probably the year that they've had the most barbecue competitors ever. Um, because there was I, I remember there was sixty something in the IBCA and then like or eighty something IBCA, sixty something in the KCBS and. And it was like uh, almost a IBCA is mostly Texas, so it was almost like a Texas against the nation type of deal, you know. And that's a, at least how it felt. That's how I felt going into it. Um, so I, I like the IBCA, um, IBCA portion of it. I wish it it it'd go back to a IBCA versus KCBS. That that'd be that'd be pretty cool. The heat portion of it is uh, for us barbecue guys, man. It's a little too fancy schmancy for us, you know. You got to do everything nice and pretty and and present it on pretty platters and. That's more, more, uh, as I like to call it, chefy. Uh, we're barbecue guys, man. We're 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 dirty. We got dirt under our fingernails and, and charcoal on our arms, and <laughs> that's uh, it's a it's a little different for us. But um, it's uh, it's it's a challenge, and and at the end of the day, we're all competitors. We all have challenges, so that's why we do it. Fred Rubble's joining me here on the show, talking about World Food Championships. So uh, we'll see how that uh, breaks out for you here over the next month or so. Uh, the other thing I want to talk to you uh, quickly about this evening is barbecue television. You know, over the last couple of weeks, uh, or I guess a month or so, we've seen a reemergence of a couple different shows. You had Barbecue Brawl on Food Network where uh, Michael Simon and Bobby Flay had a team of underlings and uh, barbecue folks. And uh, week after week, somebody's voted out, all culminating in a big event. And then, of course, uh, the week after that, show ended they had a, a one-off uh, barbecue smackdown i believe or barbecue beatdown i believe it was called um yeah. did you watch any of those and uh, you know what are your thoughts on barbecue television in general right now man it seems to me barbecue television nowadays is exactly that barbecue television 
it's uh, it doesn't seem authentic. It doesn't seem real. It seems kind of more orchestrated than anything else. And and uh, but that's that's the entertainment industry, I guess. And uh, um, I remember the the first barbecue shows that would come out would seem a little a little more real, a little more like okay, these guys are really doing what they what they do as opposed to a producer telling them okay, you got to do this or that or you know it it just seems that way to me. I don't know if it's always been this way all along. It just I don't know. Uh, but uh, I'd like to see it to where, I don't know, maybe the, uh, uh, some crews are following some teams around on the real circuit, you know, on the real competition circuit um, and uh, seeing how they do that way. But uh, having it in a, in a set location with props and all that good stuff, it's, it's made for TV stuff, man. Would you be into if, if a production company came up to you and said, hey, Fred, we want to follow you and your family around here for the next 12 months and we're going to, film your home life and we're going to fill your business life. We're going to film your competition life and we're going to make it the uh, deadliest catch of, of barbecue, which, you know, in my opinion, and I, you know, I've told John Marcus this a, a number of times through the years when we've had conversations that, you know, that first, uh, I guess it was technically the second season of barbecue, but you know, uh, when they were following around Myron and Tuffy and yeah, uh, yeah. Harry Sue and that all of a sudden became the gold standard of what barbecue television was thought to be. And then they changed it that second season and made it more uh, Iron Chef or Top Chef or whatever you want to call it, Chopped, if you will. And it never seemed to regain back to that first season. And I said, hey, you know, it would be a better show if you just followed somebody around and there was barbecue in it, but you were able to invest over weeks into whatever family dynamic was happening and because that really seems to be the tv that people are watching i mean nobody gives a shit about these guys pulling crab out of the water or whatever the kardashians are doing but you're watching them because somehow you've become invested in them as people and that's what makes the show successful and here you could uh, add a little barbecue or live fire to it yeah i I mean looking looking at it i think I've always been a fan of the like the Winter Olympics and all that stuff, and it's not so much watching the athletes go at it and compete. It's it's the stories that are behind it. You know how, where where they came out of, what challenges they've had to get there. Um, I think that's TV that I would watch. You know, uh, go into a contest. All our stuff is already prepped, uh, trimmed or not prepped, but trimmed. Um, uh, all the hard work is already done at the contest. You're there to to execute. You know. Everything happens over here behind the scenes um, to where nobody ever sees that. Nobody ever sees a, hey, I got to trim chicken on Wednesday. I got to trim brisket on Thursday. I've got to make my injections and my brines on Friday or whatever, whatever days you make them. Um, Nobody ever sees that part. Somehow we got to make this more of a spectator sport. uh, And and TV is the perfect platform for it to where, you know, you get more people, you know, liking barbecue and, and, and wanting to barbecue and wanting to grill and wanting to, to smoke a piece of meat and, and having some sort of guidance because that's what TV is going to bring. I mean, it gives you ideas. It gives you a platform from when to, from where, from where to jump off of. Um, I think that would be TV that, that I would watch, you know, bringing the stories behind each pitmaster, not just, okay, this guy's the winningest cook in the world and whatever, but okay. How did he get there? Where did he start from? What was his what 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 is what was his original cooking equipment? You look at my rig now, and it's I mean I've got a trailer with uh, everything you can ask for, all the the amenities of of the house and and a jumbo pit. But I didn't start on that. I started with a little pop up tent and a borrowed pit. My first contest, you know. So it's it's the stories behind it that I think would really draw people in. 
and attention to to barbecue, and, and it would create good TV. Fred Robles joining me here on the show, the pitmaster of Rio Valley Meat, and he is the 2019 and or reigning champion of the American Royal Open, which he got this past weekend and breaking it down for us here step-by-step. Step. Fred, really appreciate the time, the insight, and the candor this evening, and uh, continued success, my friend. Let's do it again soon. Absolutely. Appreciate it, Greg. Thank you very much. Man. You got it. There he is. The king, Fred Robles of the American Royal Open, as he rules the kingdom, and will do so for the next year. And as uh, he said, you know, it was interesting that he has kind of made it a personal deal with himself that he wasn't going to go to the Houston Livestock and Rodeo until he had a reason to go or he wasn't going to go. Uh, I mean, how many invitations does Fred probably have to go cook? I mean, if, if Doug Shiding is being brought in oh. as ringers for Houston Livestock and Rodeo, I mean, you know Fred's being invited as well for sure. But he said, not until I've earned that spot. And with the win at the American Royal Open next February, he will be getting ready to rock and roll with Rio Valley Meats and taking his shot at cracking the Houston Livestock and Rodeo, uh, which I believe you win way more money. Uh, I think it was fifteen grand winning the American Royal Open than you win Houston Livestock. I think you get a uh, belt buckle. Is that what it is? Big old belt buckle. Maybe a 10-gallon hat. Do they call them 10-gallon hats? I don't know. So... Uh, that's Fred Robles, which I appreciate him uh, doing a little extra time with me on the show there. Get ready to close it out here. If you have any questions, concerns, thoughts, and you want to jump in here right at the end, do that. 216-220-0966. Quickly tell you about Big Papa Smokers. Uh, here's another guy that had uh, what he thought were two great cooks only to get tortured. <laughs> only to get tortured by the judges. That's all right. Head up, Sterling, and James the Flame. On to the next one. Big Papa's the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies. Get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. 13 perfectly balanced flavors of rubs and seasonings. Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, just to name a few. They're all great. And if you want to do that West Coast offense thing, sure over to Big Papa Smokers and then look at some of those Simply Marvelous barbecue rubs. Yep. And then mix those up with some of the Big Papa rubs and now you have the West Coast offense, whatever that means to you. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. So if you're looking for a new go-to rubber sauce, check it out. And they have a great selection of cookers. I mean, this is why you go to BigPapaSmokers.com, right? Because you can get everything all in one shop. You can check out that Mac 2-star general pellet grill i think both sterling i think meathead uses one i think darren worth is currently using one as well in conjunction with some other cookers uh, big papa is the exclusive mac dealer they even offer special packages nobody else does that if you're not a fan of pellet smokers no problem take a look at the old hickory ace bp it's the only charcoal smoker that big papa trusts on his competition trailer i think malcolm reed also has a uh, ace bp as well on his back patio as they're shooting if you're not sure of what grill you need, of course, you can't go wrong with any grill featured at BigPapaSmokers.com. But if you have any questions, you call them 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop the website BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. We wrap it up after this. Stick around. Be right back.
Whole Packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, we thank Fred Robles for joining me for two segments in the second hour. Pulling it off in grand fashion. This portion of the show brought to you by The Smoke Sheet. A weekly newsletter that will come out tomorrow, keeping you in the know on everything happening in the barbecue world, including top news, events, recipes, and more. You can sign up at the newsletter, bbqnewsletter.com. That's bbqnewsletter.com, a great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry, Ryan Cooper and Sean Ludwig putting that together for you. They were out in the uh, Kansas Motor Speedway covering the American oil. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of great content on that over the next handful of weeks because you go there. I mean, you got content for days. So I'm sure that will be poignantly released over the next handful of weeks. Uh, pinpoint interviews and recipes and recaps and all the good stuff. So bbqnewsletter.com is the place you want to go to for that. Uh, let's see, because I have just a few minutes. Can I get, let's go to the KCBS website. Uh, and see, do I have, hmm, no? Oh, here we go. 2019 Team of the Year standings, uh, top five, if you are interested. Uh, currently sitting atop Boomerang Barbecue. Having another great season. BS, BBQ Outlaws, Burnin and Luton, Clark Crew Barbecue, fourth place. IQ Netherlands is fifth place. And just out of the top five, Brad Leiniger getting basted. So. That is your KCBS top five. I did get an email earlier saying, hey, uh, you got away from the SCA results and uh, regular interviews. And uh, that's probably something that we're going to be uh, at least uh, ramping back up on a quarterly basis. So I'll keep you in tune with that as well. All right, let's go ahead and get moving out of here all the way back in the first hour. And technical difficulty, Stephen Reichlin was on the show. We talked about chimichurri. Talked about skirt steak. We talked about a number of other things as well. And then we talked with Robin Lindars, grillgirl.com, and we talked about her very close to be released recipe on iguana meat. That's right, I said iguana meat. She's armed with a 22 caliber air pellet rifle. Not pistol, rifle, which she unveiled, by the way. And second hour was Fred Robles from Rio Valley Meat. He's your 2019 American Royal Open champ. Bound for the World Food Championships next month. And you will find him at the Houston Livestock and Rodeo with that one this past weekend. Trying his hand at winning that. Also at the Jack in October. So, yeah, you got it. Big show planned for you next week. As you know, the Brisket Challenge against Subway and Arby's, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and Produce American, Greg Reppy. Good night now.